feel like this should be a holiday weekend. Like I get that next week is a holiday presents that whatever. There are very few presidents that are worth celebrating. And I mean, maybe like one in my lifetime that's worth celebrating. Um, but I feel like this weekend should be the holiday weekend. Yeah, it's it's I think there's been so many petitions to have Monday be a, be a it needs to be a holiday. Yeah, it does. People need the day off because Super Bowl Sunday is is one of the greatest days of the of the calendar year for sports and for sports fans and even for people that just like watching the commercials, yeah. right? And getting together. So well, I mean, even Katie, like we were talking upstairs and like she wants to get in the pool on like the props and stuff like that. So welcome to the Super Bowl spectacular edition of LR Weekly. And what is truly making this spectacular is that we are joined. By an OG of the pod, an absolute OG, a guy who uh, man crush is a, a nice way to describe what you and I have on him. Uh, joining us from the great Commonwealth, the beautiful rolling hills of Eastern Kentucky. If you have never been to the beautiful rolling hills of Eastern Kentucky, get yourself down there. It is a gorgeous piece of land. Live from Moorhead, Kentucky, Peyton Ball. How we yeah. doing? Like the NFL awards might have happened, and you know the dude from the Rams might have won the NFL Man of the Year. But Peyton, you are our Man of the Year. So I just, <laughs> just want to throw that. How you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm good. What a pleasure to uh, accept that honor of uh, Man of the Year. You know, <laughs> the, the, the LR Weekly Man of the Year. Yeah. It's very, very, very humbling. You know. Hey, listen. That's only been ever. You know, you you are the only one who's ever gotten. <laughs> so uh, I hope it actually means something to you. So, gentlemen, I one of the things that always gets me uh, when we first talked the Super Bowl is that okay, I've been to the college uh, basketball national championship. You and I have been to NHL playoff game. Yep. You went to a baseball playoff game. Peyton's been to the car. Was that the NLCS you went to a couple years ago? Uh, yeah. Where you yeah. just like randomly one day decided I'm going to the game, drove down by yourself <laughs> yep, and that... three rows off the field. Yeah. And uh, it watched Anibal Sanchez throw like seven no hit innings against the Cardinals. Seven it no- wasn't enjoyable. It was not. Oh, I mean, it was. It was. It wasn't a, a fun outcome. But you know, so, and, and I do have to apologize to any listeners who might hear like clattering and clanging uh, today. I Avery, my daughter, is. I don't. She <laughs> might be doing some remodeling in our kitchen. Like I don't actually know what's going on. Um. So, but but the thing that always gets me is just how expensive it would be to attend the Super Bowl now. You know, the prices have dropped this week. So let's say, Christian, you had the unfortunate circumstance of having to be in Southern California, which, I mean, come on, it's 65 degrees and sunny year round. I mean, well, actually, Sunday is supposed to be 85. 85. It's the hottest Super Bowl on record. It's not hottest Super Bowl on record. Just to get you in the door on the secondhand market, 13 rows up at the top of SoFi Stadium, $4,374 for one ticket. So my question to each of you gentlemen, um, Christian, you've only experienced this once in your lifetime. Uh, Peyton has experienced this once in his lifetime. 
Um, I've experienced it one, three times in my life. Um, if your team were in the Super Bowl and the city was close enough that you didn't have to, you know, you don't have to get a hotel. So it's just ticket price. So we're only looking at ticket price. What is your cap on how much you would spend to get into the door at a Super Bowl? I, oh, man. I would say for me, if the Super Bowl was close, so let's say, for example, Indianapolis, Indianapolis, okay. Indianapolis. So let's, let's say, say the bear, first of all, and I think location probably dictates price a little bit on that. Um, so the bears were playing in the Super Bowl in Indianapolis. What is your cap of what you would spend? I think about, I'd say about two grand is what I would spend. And I would, and I know this sounds crazy. Like I would spend $2,000 on a Super Bowl ticket, but here's the thing about being a bears fan that it might never happen again. Like in the next time that it happens, I might need to go because it might never happen again. So I would say if I was a man of money, which I'm a teacher, so let's be real. Um, I would, I, if I had, I would say two grand for me, I would say, okay, I'm spending my, that's just me going. Couldn't take crystal. There's no chance I could bring anyone with for two grand. It's myself. I'd say $2,000. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, I was going to say about 1500. I think that would be, that would be my max. I don't, I I do. I would have a hard time spending that much money for someplace you're going to be for, you know, four hours, maybe, you know, but it's also one of the biggest events in, you know, Right. And I mean, like, every year, it's the biggest day of the year, every year. You see that there was like this thing about like guys who have attended like every Super Bowl. I, dude, I saw that. How much money okay. are those guys made? What up? job do they have and how can I get it? Right. I yeah. mean, like you're looking right now. I mean, for for a family. OK, let's say a couple, like a legit couple wants to go to the Super Bowl. For two like tickets. almost like seven grand almost. Like. Yeah, so for two tickets, once you add in all of your fees, the cheapest two people can go to the Super Bowl for right now is nine thousand one hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, it's just okay. it, the I was reading an article the other day about the, the parking spots around SoFi. There are people charging like five hundred dollars for parking spots. For parking. I mean, and that's the thing, like, we're not even getting into the concession prices yet, right? which I think like last time it was like $130 for a hoodie, because obviously if you're going to go to the Super Bowl, you're going to get at least one shirt, something that says I went to. So easily you are going to drop 10 grand to sit 22 rows up Unreal. in the corner of the end zone and what's, at this Super Bowl. And what's sad about this is that, there are so many people like I'm thinking of, you know, Bengals fans, because let's let's be real. Rams fans right now consists of people that decided from St. Louis to L.A. that I'm just going to continue to be a fan or Lions fans that love Matthew Stafford. Those are the two like groups of fans of Rams fans right now. And there's a Bengals contingent. To me, the true fans of the Super Bowl this year are the Cincinnati Bengals fans because their team has not had this opportunity before in a lot of these people's lifetime, right? 40-something years since the last time the Bengals made a Super Bowl. So these guys, there are people that are, you know, 60, 70 years old that are like, 
I witnessed this once in my lifetime. I have to go. It's impossible. It's impossible for a normal, average American, working class citizen to make it to the Super Bowl. It's impossible. And I think what would be really cool is if the NFL did something like what they do for the college football playoff, because college football playoff prices are pretty similar to this. Um, give just like, you know, an entire section of like the end zone, like you start like the corner of the end zone, like in one corner, you move your way up and you give those to the teams and you set those as like your normal NFL game day prices. So yeah, like your lower levels. Yeah. You might pay a thousand dollars for a lower level seat at, at a big game. But then as you move up, you know, a hundred dollars for an upper deck seat, give those to the team. So at least then people have a chance to go. Now, I mean, this sounds, you know, like, oh, you're complaining about Super Bowl. I just think it's fascinating to look that unless you have a cool 10 grand laying around, you can't afford to get into this game. So I have not yet answered the question. And for me, I don't, I don't think I would spend more than like 500 bucks. Honestly. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Because so like I sit here and I look, okay. So you know, like tomorrow we're getting together with some people. We're going to be sitting around. We're going to be having some food. I'm going to spend like 15 or 16 bucks to make some nice guacamole. Oh yeah. And you have, how big a TV do you have in your living room? 70. 70 okay. Inch. So you have a 70 inch flat screen TV. I'm going to have a concession stand right next to me. I'm going to have bathrooms with no lines. Yeah. I'm going to have, so like I look at it and I'm like, okay, so for like, okay, let's drop five grand on one ticket. Like you would, you wouldn't even be able to tell if there was an actual ball that was being thrown. And, and just for me, I, maybe like if someone's like, Hey, 500 bucks just to be like, Hey, I went to the Super Bowl, Like, and I think it, for me, that's what it would be. Yeah. I just I, I don't know because for me sitting around like a nice TV 4K broadcast which NBC side note the fact that NBC's not doing a 4K broadcast of the Super Bowl it should be a rule now in 2022 that if you are if you're hosting a big event like this and you're not broadcasting it in 4K you don't get to host it until you broadcast it in 4K like if we can broadcast the Olympics in 4K if you can figure out how to do like luge in 4k you can figure out how to do a football game in 4k nbc get over yourselves um sorry that was a little that's a a tech uh correct a a nerd little statement there but i mean i just i I don't know if the experience of saying that you went to a super bowl is more valuable for me than like say 500 bucks and another thing about going to the super bowl that a lot of people don't understand is uh, one of the best parts of the Super Bowl is the commercials. I, that is true. You know, watching the commercials, these companies. So actually in class this week, I asked my students. It was actually a little fun thing we did. I said, how much do you think it costs to run a 30 second commercial during the Super Bowl this year? They're like 12,000, 13,000, 100,000. And everyone started laughing when the kids said 100,000. And I was like, oh, just wait. And then they keep going like 600,000. <laughs> That's really funny. And then I said, how about if I told you for 32nd commercial in Super Bowl this, this year was $6.5 million? $6.5 million to run a commercial. 
And the kids are like, what? And I said, well, why do you think these commercials are so good? If you're going to drop a cool $6.5 million on a 30-second commercial and it's bad, that's not good. That's not good. So um, going to the Super Bowl, you miss out on watching the commercials. And like you said, Josh, I've always said this. The older I get, the more I realize how nice it is to just sit on my couch and be like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom, walk down the hallway, use the bathroom. Oh, I need to get something to drink, go to the refrigerator. Like, I don't have to stand in line. I don't have to spend any more money. It's like that part to me is just that I enjoy that more now. Well, and even so that one Blackhawk playoff game that we went to, they got down what, like three nothing in the first quarter or first period. You were David, like, and that's where I would be like, too, like these people who are dropping nine thousand dollars and your team loses. and if your team like is blown out in the first quarter that w- like again that just seems way too i extravagant i mean i i don't know any other way to put it um but now we'll move actually get into um this game and we were talking you know before we started recording for me i think that this game comes down to one aspect and one aspect only. And that is, I, I don't even want to call, I mean, the chain link fence, like it's a, the, the makeshift ski fence. That is the Bengals offensive line. Um, you got Aaron Donald coming off the end. And if you are going to play like you did, you know, Christian, like you said, against the Titans, uh, it might be a long day. For who day? Yeah, and I think that this in LA, we'll we'll, we'll just finish the uh, who day in LA. Yeah, Uh, I I would agree. I think if the Bengals' offensive line doesn't protect Joe Shiesty, it's going to be a long day for the Bengals. And I just I think that this game is also really going to come down to the Bengals' secondary as well. I think if Stafford's able to sit back in the pocket and pick apart that secondary of the Bengals. I mean, you know, I was also talking the other day and thinking about it. The, 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 the Rams are missing Robert Woods too. Can you imagine the weapons that the Rams really truly could have with cup woods, OBJ, like it, it would be unbelievable, but the, the Rams have all of these weapons, and if Stafford's able to sit back in the pocket and just pick apart that secondary, I think this game could get out of hand real quick, which nobody wants except for Rams fans, the few that there are. Um, so to me, I agree with you, offensive line for the Bengals, huge part of the game. I like also the – you know, the Cincinnati secondary, they need to step up. You need to limit Cooper cup with what you can. The guy is a man alive. So I think that's another big key to the game. Uh, Peyton, what's yours? Yeah, I agree that the, the Bengals offensive line, they're going to have to essentially not do what they did against the Titans, allowing nine sacks in the game. We were talking before, uh, before we started recording, if, if they allowed even more than five or six sacks, I mean, it's, it's going to be a field day for that, that Rams defense and for the Bengals on, on the defense side of the ball for them, luckily Tyler Higby, the Rams tight end, who is a 
very constant tight end for Matt Stafford isn't going to be in the game because he got hurt last or a couple weeks ago. Um, but I mean, yeah, controlling Cooper Cup also. I mean, like you have to almost like essentially double team him. You're almost going to have to put two guys at least in his vicinity because he's just so elusive and he's you know he is the best wide receiver in the league right now. I don't know how you can stop him. I think when you look at this Rams team, the thing that also that comes to my mind is like, hey, you can say, yeah, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to stop the pass. I'm going to stop the pass. I'm going to stop the pass. No one's been able to really the whole year. I mean, even the games where the Rams lost, you're still looking at Stafford having 300 plus yards. Um but then you think about the Bengals, and, well, there was no way that the Bengals were going to beat the Titans with Derrick Henry. Like, Derrick Henry was going to run all over them. Well, then the Bengals beat them. Well, there's no way that the Bengals can hold uh, all the weapons that Kansas City has. And then they did. And then I almost feel like it's just been that same story the whole playoff run with the Bengals. Like they're playing against these teams that have more weapons, more weapons, more weapons. And the Bengals just keep finding ways to win. The biggest concern for me though, is that if Joe Burrow isn't given time, the thing with that Kansas city game was Burrow still had time. The majority of the game. Yes. Kansas city did generate some pressure. They did, but not nearly to the level that I think Aaron Donald and that just dynamite Rams defensive front is going to be able to generate. The other question is, while neither team has a ton of Super Bowl experience, I do look at just overall experience in the league. You got OBJ, you got Cooper Cup, you have Stafford, who again, Stafford hasn't played, but he's been around forever how much does that come to play in because i guarantee you you walk on that field you see the super bowl logo you understand the magnitude of that game what is that going to do to this young Bengals core i that's something that i think you have to look at too and and this the other thing too that we got to think about we don't have a quarterback in this game that has been in in this position before these are you know, a young Joe Burrow and a 13-year vet Matt Stafford who has neither one been to a Super Bowl. So we can't say, oh, well, they've been there before from the quarterback position. Because they haven't. Because they haven't. So to me, I think you give a little bit of edge to Matt Stafford as a veteran who has been around the league and has, you know, most of these guys on this Rams team was a part of that Super Bowl team a couple years ago. Um, but you know, for a lot of these guys, this is their first trip. And for some of these guys, it could be their only trip. Um, so if Matt Stafford is able to be a veteran presence and just kind of keep everything calm in the huddle in this game, I think that's huge. But I agree with you when you talk about, you know, this Bengals defense has been able to limit these weapons. It's going to be an awesome thing to watch to see what they do with Cooper Cup. Do they double him? Do they take him away? And another thing on the Rams offensive line, you know, Peyton touched on they don't have Tyler Higby. Not only is Tyler Higby a great weapon for Matt Stafford, he's also one of the best blocking tight ends in NFL in the NFL right now. 
So now you in steps Kendall Blanton. Okay. This is probably going to be the guy that's going to continually chip on Aaron Donald all game long, right? You got to chip him, right? You got to send. Well, I mean, one would think that you're going to. So here's the thing to me, that's such a minute part of the game, but it's also a huge part of the game. If he's able to help block Aaron Donald and give, you know, Joe Burrow a little bit of extra time, like he had in Kansas City, as you said, that's a huge part of this game. So to me, that's something to watch to see how often the Bengals chip on Aaron Donald. You got to, you know, even in, in all situations, you almost have to say, and you know, on the other side, they got Von Miller, you know, two great pass rushers on either side. You take away one, here comes the other. It's there's a lot of great matchups in this football. Well, especially when you look at the guard position for the Bengals. Okay. Is it going to be Hakeem Adage? Is it going to be their rookie Jackson Carmen? Like you just, you don't know who's going to guard him. And the thing that you look at is, okay, you really want a rookie going up against Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl? Like that just seems like a recipe for disaster. But then with Adage, you pull up and he was, he would, you, he just let it, it, the Titans through, and that, that Titans defensive front front is not great. And so you look, Bengals fans, like, yeah, you. If Burrow starts to get hit, this isn't going to be good. Now, how do you counteract pass rush, run game? Joe Mixon could be an X factor moving into this football game. Can the Bengals run the football? Because if you can run the football. That keeps your pass rush, especially on your outside, it keeps them honest a little bit. So I honestly like because, you know, you have the whole like, oh, well, they want to throw the ball. They want to throw the ball. They want to throw the ball. I would honestly look for the Bengals to try to establish that run game early, because if you can establish that run game early, get stat or um, burrow and a little bit of a rhythm, then, then you can talk. The matchup that I'm most intrigued by. Jalen Ramsey, Jamar Chase. Like, I want that every single snap. Like, I wish NBC would do a mega cast like what ESPN would do and just give me an ISO cam on Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase the whole football game. That's what I want because I want to see if Jamar is really that dude who he thinks he is. And we're going to see it with this matchup with Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, and you – like we talk about how like, you know, a lot of Bengals players don't have much, you know, big game experience in the NFL. You can't knock what they, what a lot of the Bengals players did in college just a couple of years ago. These guys have played in big games, arguably the second biggest football game of the year is the college national championship. And these guys have played in that they've played in these big games before. Now I'm not saying it's anything like what the Super Bowl is, but they have played in these big games before. I mean, Bengals got some of the coolest dudes on a step on any football field. I don't think Joe Burrow's scared or nervous to play in the Super Bowl, to be quite honest with you. I, I no. mean, he, it, dude's got, dude's got just oozing with swagger, man. Like, I mean, what, what, what is your uh, favorite phrase, Christian? Joe. Huevos grandes. Oh, he's got, <laughs> his uh, huevos are muy grandes. Um, but, and I mean, I think- that, yeah, well, like, well, like you were saying too, like with the Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey matchup. The Bengals might not be the uh, best football team from the AFC. I think a lot of people would say that they 
might not be the best football team from the AFC, but dude, I mean, they have to be one of the most electric football teams from the AFC. They're so fun to watch. You look, so Jamar Chase, so he had 512 receiving yards on balls that were thrown outside of the numbers. So that that's the most that a guy's had since 2016. So again, if you get those deep threats and you combine it with mixing in the run game, that has to be the recipe for the Bengals. They have to be able to spread out this Rams defense and they have to be able to run the ball. It's pick time, boys. Like, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. Peyton, we're going to start with you. Oh, man. Start with me, huh? All righty. So, I've been – I live close to Cincinnati now. Everybody here, Bengals fans, you go to the grocery store, everybody's got Joe Burrow jerseys on, a lot of Carson Palmer jerseys still. The Bengals are the team down here. I'm not saying I've been brainwashed. I'm not a Bengals fan, but I do appreciate the way the Bengals have played this year. I think they are such a fun team to watch. Uh, on the news around here, it's constantly just all about the Bengals all the time. Um, the Rams, I think um, I think a lot of people know my... This um, podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think you. Uh, I think a lot of people know my disdain for uh, the the awful uh, owner of the Rams and that entire franchise. Um, I was in. I was in St. Louis a couple weeks ago, uh, watching uh, in a, a a big area with uh, some friends. The ballpark the village down yep, there. Ball, yeah, ballpark yep. village. Um, we were watching the you know the two football games, the NFC and AFC championship, and um, the number of. Um, uh, choice words that were said to select <laughs> the select few Rams fans down there. Um, it, it was it was palpable the the hatred for the Rams. And I was never a Rams fan growing up. Being from St. Louis, I still wasn't. But what they did to that city, I I just can never forgive them, and I can never root for them, and I can never choose them to win ever. Uh, the I think the Bengals are going to win this game. Uh, I'm going to go with the score of 30 to 27. I think it's going to be a close game. These teams have played in a lot of close games all year. Um, and I think on paper they match up like, I mean, I don't think there's any way it's going to be a blowout. I think this is a close game. Um, no matter what you talk about. Yeah. The Rams playing at home. They don't have any fans at home. Correct. I mean, I mean well, and that was one thing people were like, Oh, well they're playing, you know, and you know, they're playing in their home field. They're going to have home field advantage. I'm like, that's there will be there will be more. They, there were there will still be more Niner fans at that game than there will be Rams. <laughs> well, and I mean the only aspect of that that you might give them an advantage on is, you know, they get a couple more nights in their own bed. They're not staying in hotels. But I mean, I wonder if they 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 probably might still be staying in hotels around. Well, there. so what they're doing is they're doing their they're doing. game day routine. So I think like tonight they're staying in a hotel just like they do, right, like how they always do. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, they're comfortable in you know their own locker room. I don't. Are they considered oh, the home? Nope, team? no. That's so, so they're that, in their the away team locker room. Oh, <laughs> which I think needed to be done. I think that's something. Yeah, I agree. Like I agree. even if you get to play in your home stadium. Like I don't think you should get all the amenities of being the home team in your home Super Bowl. You know. Well, that would be a question. Um, so like in a stadium like this, wouldn't you think that they have like seven or eight different locker rooms? So I, mean, then, I, would, I would think so, yeah, because I'm sure they. So then, just put them both in like visiting team locker rooms. 
Because, I mean, the Chargers have a home one. The Rams have a home one. So, like, just put them in, like, two, like, visiting team locker rooms and all the day. So, Peyton is taking the Bengals. 30-27. 30-27. 30-27. 30-27. And you know what? I think both quarterbacks are going to have over 300 yards. You can you know, kind of toss that in there as well. I like oh, that. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to. We're, we will get to <laughs> the overs. Yeah. Oh, man. A lot of overs. Overs like. club. Yeah. Overs um, club. You go in or me? No, go ahead. All Gary right. Limpy. So I'm also my one of my good friends, Dane, his father grew up a St. Louis Rams fan. And his favorite teams on Sunday is one and and one team only, and that's whoever's playing the Rams. He hates the Rams. Everything, which we all think he's a closet Rams fan, though. Like he missed, like <laughs> it's someone you love and broke your heart, and you hope horrible things to him. But at the end of the day, if they offer like good things to you, you would still love them back. Oh, it's the ex who you can't get over. Right, it's exactly what it is. Yeah. So and when like, your buddies are talking about him, you're like, they're the worst person ever. But then at night, you're Taylor Swift singing teardrops on my guitar, right. <laughs> eating your Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Right. So that's to me, that's. His uh, it's Big Ed. We call him Big Ed. He's a closet Rams lover slash hater. We don't, I don't know. But one thing I've learned is that Stan Kroenke is possibly the worst human being in the entire planet, what he did to St. Louis. And I agree with Peyton touched on it. I agree. What he did to that city is ridiculous. It's unforgivable. However, the Rams are going to win this football game. I just don't see a world in which the weapons on both sides of the ball for the Rams, they went all in this year. And I think that this might be one of the only times you get paid out when you go all in, right? Um, I think Stafford has a big day. I think that the boys on the defensive line, Miller, Donald have a big day. I just have a feeling that this game might get out of hand. Now, Peyton said he thinks it's going to be close. It could be 100%. But I just – I I think the Rams win this game by 14 points. I think that they pull away at the end, and I think the Rams win this game. Do I want the Rams to win? No, I'm cheering for the Cincinnati Bengals. I love the story of Joe Shiesty and Hooday. I'm – you know – the Bengals fans that have been waiting for this day for 40 years. Um, but my heart tells my heart says Bengals, my head says Rams. So I am picking the Rams, and I think the final score will be 21 to 34. 13 point. I'm saying 13 points. 21 34 Rams. Really? Yep. I do. I think it's gonna be. 24 to 30, 24 or 21, 34 Rams. I just, I just think. Can we please say that 34, 21? 30, <laughs> sorry, 34 to 21. And I think, it, I think Burrow makes some mistakes. I think Ramsey makes some plays at the end and that the Rams just put the game away. Oh, so the, the deciding. Uh, there, vote. Yeah, you are the deciding vote. The deciding vote. Yeah. Man, like, I want to pick the Bengals so bad. Like, I really do. Like, I've been picking the Bengals all playoffs. So, I'm, I'm right. And that's that, why I'm riding with them. And I mean, like, I, I really think, yeah, 
my line of thinking is probably more in line with Peyton than it is with Christian. Like, I think these two teams are incapable of playing blowout games in the playoffs. I mean, they just haven't. I mean, they've been playing close games all the way through. Um, so I don't think either one knows how to blow a team out. Um, I just – I can't pick against the Rams right now. I mean, I, I look at what the offense has. I look at what the defense has. And I just don't see a way that that offensive line is able to withstand Aaron Donald and Von Miller. For me, that's what it comes down to is that I don't know if there's a way that Von Miller and Aaron Donald aren't absolutely putting Burrow on his back nine out of 10 throws. I think that's where this game comes down for me. Um, But I do think that the Bengals find a way to make it close. I think you're probably looking at a 27-24 ball game somewhere in that range, 27-24. Um, so I'm going to take the Rams at 27-24. to 24. So the other aspect, and this, this absolutely blew my mind, that when you talk about the Super Bowl, is the sports betting that goes on with the Super Bowl. Now, uh, I was just – I was online the other day, um, had a minute between uh, basketball games – and um, I just Googled amount of dollars bet on Super Bowl. There is estimated to be $7.61 billion that is wagered on this football game. That is enough to give every single human being on planet Earth a dollar. <laughs> that is enough is to insane. give 7,610 people a million dollars. I'd like to be included in that, please. Thank you. Like 7,600 people could become millionaires with the amount of money that is going to be bet on this football game. Um, so while I find that absolutely repulsive that that amount of money absolutely is, american that's what that is i 100% <laughs> is what that is 100% um i mean you can't talk about the super bowl without talking about the wagers that are going in and, i mean anything and it's about everything well and not only that it's become so one of the things, and again, I'm, I always bring, my mom loves this podcast. She listens to it every week. She's always excited to hear what we have to say. Beth, you the real MVP. Um, she said she has never seen so many sports book commercials on TV until this year. And I said, well, mom, it's gone mobile now so that more people can be able to bet from wherever you are in the states that it's legal. It's and in it's more legal. states too, you know, it, it's increasing. Right. You know, and year. now you have how many sports book apps in the state of Indiana? 10, 11. All right. So it's your points bet, MGM Grand, Caesars, FanDuel, Barstool. DraftKings, Barstool. There's six. And there's got to be some more. I, and then are, you have sure like your twin spires and you know right. stuff like that um, that are rivers, more. rivers. I, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, just, without even trying to break a sweat, eight sports books just like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it used to be where you would have to go to the casinos to place your bets, get a bet slip, and then go home. Well, now 
everyone could sit on their couch on Sunday and make their bets. So one of my favorite things to do, so I always make this little packet, and Josh has one next to him, of all the top prop bets in the Super Bowl this year. So um, it, it stretches from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. It stretches to before the game. The right. length of the national anthem. Yeah. And are people going to cry during the national anthem? <laughs> you know, and just some of those prop bets, all of those, um, it's just, it's crazy. So, Peyton, I'm just going to ask you right now. If you had to take the length of national anthem, the length of the national anthem, over or under a minute and 35 seconds, what do you think? What hasn't there? There's been a trend with this, hasn't there been? There, there's been a trend that it is over the last four Super Bowls. Right. People want to. People want to soak up that spot. That spotlight. But the person singing the national anthem is Mickey Guyton. Real quick, no clue who Mickey Guyton is. Yeah, well, I, I know it's, it's the mouse in Disney World, and I found Mickey's last name's Guyton. I don't know. <laughs> but um, what I have heard is that, you know, all these things trending is that she sings it quick. So she goes over just to screw with everybody. <laughs> right. But that's the thing. One person last year was standing outside the Super Bowl when they were practicing it on Saturday and he had his stopwatch and he was recording how long the Super Bowl national anthem was going. And he he said, it's going to be under, it was practiced. It was under. And what did it do? It went over. So it doesn't matter what they practiced when that spotlights on, they like to soak it in. They like to take in every moment. Right. So I, I like the over. I've always liked the over. First of all, Mickey's not even her first name. She was born Candace Guyton. So her real name, Candace. Big Disney down. fan. Huge Disney fan, I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. Mickey Guyton. Um, well, and it's stuff like that. And, you know, and you, the thing is, like, you don't even have to wager money on these for it to be fun. Right. Like, I mean, you could just be sitting around in a group, print out these prop bet sheets. And, I mean, I we've done this. Every year, and you got 23 plus a tiebreaker. And I mean, you can just, I mean, like the halftime show, everyone does a little Eminem. You know, I, you forget about Dre. I mean, like you got Snoop Doggy Dog coming in. I mean, like you got this is, this is a halftime show strictly bargained towards millennials. Correct. Oh, yeah. Like our age group. <laughs> like, and I love the TikToks, like all these kids about to find out who their parents really are. Yeah. And uh, that yeah. beat drops. Um, so, I mean, stuff like who's going to take the first time out? It's insane. And you will have people who play significant amounts of money on who the first time out is going to be called a significant by. amount of money for us is like 25 bucks. Right. <laughs> but, know? but I mean, you had people who hundreds, thousands, hundreds thousands of thousands of dollars. Well, it's like this. the mattress guy from Houston. Who yes. bet? Well, yep. What was it this time? He bet oh like gosh, $5 million was... on the Bengals. Yeah. It's just like, can you imagine having that kind of money and just being like, <laughs> well, I'm going to drop five mil on the Bengals this year. Yeah. Just, I don't know, but. <laughs> um, so 
we're we're gonna I want to talk just about some of our favorite bets and some of the things that we like the most for people that are gonna pull up that sports book app on Sunday and say, you know what, I'm gonna make a wager. Um, the the ones that I like that are just the funniest all pertain to the halftime show. One of them, the amount of censors that will be done in the halftime show that when they have to bleep out the inappropriate words over or under six and a half, give me the over. Do uh, we on. understand like, this, these that, songs? Do we understand that Eminem is performing? Right. Like, so one of the songs that people are thinking that he's probably going to perform is Lose Yourself, which, I mean, even if you don't know, like, it's like I don't even know what that song is. Like, look, if you had one shot, okay, the people are like, oh, I do know that one. Just in the first chorus alone, or in the first section alone, there's three that they would have to do. Three. Now, do but here's the thing: Does he sing it to where he just like stops? Like, so does he just do like you better lose yourself in the music the moment you own it? You better never let it go. Like only stuff like this. And then, like, they mix it with other songs. No, or even when the... the he just, he just kind of skips over it on his own. Yeah, yeah. like, he, and every, but every day, you know, Dude, or whatever. Eminem like doesn't they, care. Eminem yeah. doesn't no, Eminem care. doesn't care. The Dr. other <laughs> one that I thought, and questionable at this, will Snoop Dogg uh, indulge in a little ganja <laughs> on stage? It's, it's, uh, it's legal and... California, it is legal in California, correct. Oh, man, dude. So, will Snoop Dogg, and this shows you just how far people go with just like the their degenerativeness and gambling. Like, will Snoop Dogg smoke a blunt on stage? We're really gonna bet on if Snoop's gonna come out smoking a jet. Really, that's yep. a pretty solid bet. That's yeah. literally what. <laughs> like, honestly, though, that's like one of the top rated. Um, Super Bowl halftime show bets coming into Vegas right now. Unbelievable amount of money on that. And it's all on, yeah. So, and and we want to like, and people want to talk about, oh, financial stuff, money, economy. We are literally betting on whether or not Snoop Dogg is going to roll a joint. Like, the, the problem is with the, Amer- the American people. And I mean, you know, greatest country in the world, whatever, but we, we are we are placing significant amounts of money on whether or not a washed up rap star is going to smoke a joint on stage at the Super Bowl. Um, some other interesting ones that, you know, I think, you know, if you're going to do that Stafford only five and a half rushing yards is where his over or under at. I like, um, the points at 48 and a half. I think what's interesting is none of us had a sports book pulled up while we were talking about that. And I think Peyton, you were the only one who, you know, was like sub- substantially far away from that. Um, you know, I, I was sitting there, you know, like, man, I can't remember what I said, like 27, 24. Yeah. So right around that 51 point mark, Peyton was up at 57. So, I mean, I think everyone kind of has the same sort of feel for that. Um, I, I just, I don't know. You look at some other ideas like Jamar Chase. 
Again, wild card. And the thing that people always that I like, hey, what happens when Jamar Chase rolls an ankle in the first quarter and doesn't play? Sorry about it. There, enjoy your. Uh, yeah, that's when you're taking the under benefits you. Correct. But let's be real. How often do people bet on under anything? I feel like everybody when you're making always like, takes the over. You know, like in a same game parlay. You know. Everybody, you gotta, go, you, gotta, you gotta go all in. If you think it's gonna be a big game, it's you know, correct. Now, the one that I think has the most merit is the Super Bowl MVP award winners. Um, so and actually, even before we did the podcast, I sat down and I circled who I thought my MVP would be, and Christian gave me a little like, really, on that. Besides the two quarterbacks, the next. So the third most likely person to win the MVP is Cooper Cup. And that's who I think the MVP is going to be because yet Stafford, I get, has to throw him the ball. But I think one of the things that makes Cooper Cup so dynamic is his yards after catch or his yak. Christian really has a thing for the (laughs) yak, Peyton. Um, And I think that, you know, when you look at Super Bowl, you know, the people who vote on that, if Cup racks up a ton of yak, like I think he's going to, um, th- then I think they reward him for that. So, I mean, Cooper Cup sitting there as an MVP at plus 550, I mean, that is a substantial odds when you consider that Matthew Stafford is plus 125 and uh, Joe Shiesty is sitting there at plus 230. Uh, my favorite bet of the one that I'm going to include on my bet slip uh, this Sunday for a little same game parlay action. The one thing I do like about Super Bowl is they give you like so on FanDuel, you can make a risk-free same game parlay for up to 20 bucks. And if you lose, you get your money back. So you got to love that, right? The one that I really like that I will include on this parlay is Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon over 24 and a half receiving yards. Absolutely. I love the fact that Joe Burrows, guess what? We talked about the whole podcast Those guys are going to be at Joe Burrow. What is he going to have to do? He's going to have to check the ball down a lot on Sunday if he's getting rushed, okay? So I love Joe Mixon over 24 and a half receiving yards. I think that is something that's going to happen because Joe Burrow is going to have to get rid of the ball quick. I love that bet. That will be one on my bet slip Sunday afternoon. Also, throughout, they're already taking futures for the 2023 Super Bowl. There already are. Yes. <laughs> like, if you want to know how far and just how degenerate people get, they're taking 2023 Super Bowl uh, bets. I like what you said um, about the rushing yards or the receiving yards for Mixon. I think that, that when you look at the type of game, the other way that they will be able to really counteract that rush is a lot of quick passes and screen passes because mm-hmm. if you get Aaron Donald and Vaughn who get a little antsy start you know not keeping any sort of protection and they're just going straight for the quarterback drop a couple of screens off to Joey Mixon out of that backfield I mean you could hit that legitimately in the first quarter in the first quarter right easily on that one so I think that'd be a uh, great great look again if you are looking to indulge in a little of uh, wagering I almost feel like this is as much a part of the Super Bowl as like the commercials are now. Oh, for sure. Like yeah, everybody's yeah, got yeah. The, the squares, like 
right. Super, Super Bowl, Bowl squares. They I got- mean, there are teams that do fundraisers off of Super Bowl squares now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are we going to talk about this and not talk about the Gatorade color that's going to be dumped oh, yeah, on, the, the- uh, on the coach? Purple plus 1120. What? You, you like purple? I'm a big purple fan, yeah. I, Especially yeah. the red okay. rush. The little bit, <laughs> like, not, not necessarily the fierce grape. Uh, the fierce grape gives me, like, it's just a little too artificial grape flavored. Um, I'm a big grape that, fan. But that Riptide Rush, like that oh, lighter yeah. purple, almost like clearish purple tint. Listen, you can be, but you have to think about, you have to think about, they're going to dump whichever one has the most in it, right? Right. So it's got to be the one, that's what I, the article I read, Yeah, this is how crazy it is. I read <laughs> an article yesterday about the Gatorade color. And one of the things that they said is that they always dump the one that's not, it's always a full container. So it's the one that's not drank the most. They haven't drank it the most. So to me, Purple's a great color. I love the taste of purple. Everybody loves the taste of purple. Guess what? Purple's going to be gone. You know what's going to be left? Clear, boys. That black cherry clear. You don't like the white cherry? No. I like that one. That tastes like juicy juice is what that tastes like. No, no. There's honestly none of the Gator flavors that I I don't like besides the cucumber one or whatever. The cucumber limon. Disgusting. That's horrible. So actually, because that is one of the... uh, Props on our uh, little prop sheet here. I went with the line, the yellow, the yellow Gatorade, because again, I'm just like a I, lot of people also think I, that I the like color it. of the teams <laughs> co- correlate with the Gatorade color, which has not added up in the last three. Well, Super I think what there's a little bit of an unfair advantage there, because if I'm a trainer, I can control what color Gatorade my right. team has on the sideline and say, I know that there's only water or this one specific color of like they, and they already know like what like what they're correct. They already know there. which one they're going I to I want put to know if cooler. those guys tell they're, they're, anyone. I don't think they're allowed to bet though. No, I think if you're employed by the NFL, like correct. Yeah, if you're, you're not employed by any that of that doesn't NFL. mean that you can't have a buddy drop a significant. All right, so somebody who's got the uh <laughs> The, the manager of either the, the, the manager hookup, please yeah. uh, let me know. I mean, the first penalty of each. I mean, like th- this is where I'm like, real. We gonna talk about penalties because then, well, if is it an offensive holding or a defensive holding? I mean, you know, just all of these different just wackadoodle things that uh, people can put money on. But again, I think it comes back to you know your most popular ones are going to be, you know, your over-under total scores, your pick them that we've already made, your spreads. Um, I, it's just fascinating to me. Like, when you sit down and you look at just how far we're willing to go for a little entertainment. Um, the most entertaining day of the year. I mean, one of – I'm still going to take what comes up here in about four weeks over uh, the Super Bowl. Oh, Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, those are, those Friday. are, yeah. So, well, hey, buddy, uh, it's been great hopping on with you here a little bit. Uh, obviously, we send all of our love to you, uh, the misses, and the future pelota. That's right, the future that, uh, little girl that's coming. Little girl that's coming that we cannot wait to meet. So, from all of us here at LR Weekly. Uh, again, we'll be back next week uh, shifting our focus 
to a little college basketball. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, Purdue doesn't have to play Michigan again anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, so from all of us here at LR Weekly, enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll talk to you next week.